the Rise and Shine Talk Show with Lady C, where we uplift, educate, and motivate. Let's talk about life and faith, ministry, and so much more. Conversations from a pastor's wife perspective. I am Lady C, your host. Family, be sure to follow, like, and share Rise and Shine with Lady C on Facebook and Instagram. And the Rise and Shine Talk Show is available on your favorite podcast platform. Family, 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 today, we have a very, very special guest, none other than Judge Pamela Goodwine. Oh, I'm so excited to have this amazing, powerful woman of God on the line on today. And you know, I always like to let you know, Judge Pamela Goodwine, she grew up with Bishop Crump and Dr. Crump. So she hails from Youngstown, Ohio, and we're so excited to have her. And I'm just going to share just a little bit about Judge Pamela Goodwine. In 1999, Judge Goodwine was the first African-American woman to be appointed and elected in Fayetteville County, Kentucky. Then in 2018, she was elected to the Court of Appeals for the 5th Appellate Court District in Kentucky. Judge Goodwine's entire 44-year professional career has been dedicated to the legal profession and family. And now Judge Pamela Goodwine is running for the Kentucky Supreme Court in 2024. Welcome to Rise and Shine, Judge Goodwine. Well, thank you, Lady C. I am just so excited to be with you today and to share. It is absolutely amazing and such a blessing for me um, to share with you my testimony. I just appreciate it so very much that you honor me in this way. Oh, yes, ma'am. From the very first time that I met you, I was just like, oh, my goodness, I have to connect with this amazing woman of God. And then not only that. You're such a sweet, kind, compassionate, you know, just, you know, when you're able to connect with other believers and sisters in Christ, it's just, it's just a special thing. It's just a special thing. Absolutely. Yes. I felt the exact same way. Yes, uh, what an honor it was for us at homecoming just to share with Bishop and Dr. Crump and to see them again and to meet you. Just, just so uplifting. I, I share that sentiment. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Again, I'm so glad grateful and honored to have you on the show. So Judge Goodwine, so tell us a little bit about who you are and your professional journey. Yes. So um, as you indicated, I was born and raised in Youngstown, Ohio, and went to South High School, graduated in 1978. I had a vision of pursuing the bench, uh, becoming a judge, which meant undergrad, of course, Mm -hmm. and going to law school, becoming a judge. Had scholarships uh, to Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My journey was was sort of put on hold, um, as as we'll get into a little bit later, with the death of my father. And um, when he was diagnosed with cancer, Mm -hmm. I chose to forfeit my scholarship to stay home to help take care of him. He passed away six months right after being diagnosed with lung cancer. And having forfeited my scholarship, I had to figure out some kind of way to to put myself through college and pursued a career in court stenography. And some say, well, why court stenography? Why technical school? But in my vision, that was a way to get into the courtroom to pursue that legal career. And, you know, God orders our steps all the way. 
all the way, and sometimes we don't understand it, but mm-hmm. I knew that if I just believed in him, that he would certainly direct my path. And after graduating from court reporting school, I got that call to Lexington, Kentucky. Wow. Had never been here. Had never. I didn't even know where Lexington, Kentucky was, <laughs> as a matter of fact. That's how good God is, yes. right? Because, like I said, he can direct our path. Mm-hmm. I, I accepted the interview, came down. They liked me. I liked them. And they said, here's a map of Kentucky. As soon as you can move down, we'll get you, you know, acclimated to to the state. And so I moved in November of 1979 and began my legal career as a roving, a rotating roving court reporter, and traveled throughout the Commonwealth of Kentucky, all 120 counties. And six months after moving here, another tragedy strikes, and my mom was shot and killed back mm. in Youngstown. And, you know, I at the time that that happened, I was 19 and had lost both my parents. Mm. You know, questioning God, and, and yeah. as we do sometimes, we don't understand mm. how he works and why he's doing certain things. But in God's time, I was able to understand, not quite why, but at least accept that that was God's plan for me. And in doing so, I was able to connect Mm -hmm. with a wonderful church here in Kentucky that was able to, um, as the Bible says, to minister unto those in need. And um, picking me up, um, reaching out their hand, this small little country church that Mm. didn't know who I was or why I was standing in their doorway, but said, come in. They didn't care who I was or Mm. what job I had or where I was from Mm. or what even denomination I was, because I was a different denomination. And they welcomed me, and they nurtured me, and that's what God knew that I needed at the moment, because I was struggling with the death the deaths of my parents. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes. But shortly after joining uh, Macedonia Baptist Church, mm-hmm. I took deathly ill. And okay. as a result, I was I, I had enrolled at the University of Kentucky mm-hmm. College of Business to pursue my undergraduate degree in 1980. And two years into that, um, I had to withdraw because of illness. Wow. I became deathly ill, uh, believing that I was struggling with grief, Mm -hmm. the traveling wasn't helping, Mm -hmm. and I took a position with, a court reporting position with the Fayette Circuit Court in Lexington, Kentucky, just so that I could have a job where I didn't have to travel, thinking that that would certainly help my my physical being. Mm -hmm. And I had worked there 29 days when I became incapacitated, mm-hmm. um, unable to work, and having completed my second, my sophomore year in college, had to withdraw due to illness. Mm-hmm. And in the fall of 19, 1984 is when I was diagnosed with an advanced stage of Crohn's disease. Okay. And I want to share with you and your listeners. Yes. One part of this um, story that I share with believers, because mm-hmm. believers can understand this, I was I I left Lexington to go to Chicago for 
a thorough diagnosis because the Crohn's has, had not been diagnosed yet. And I went and spent a week in the hospital in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the worst weeks of my mm-hmm. life. And I say that only because, one, the pain that I was experiencing had got to the point where they didn't think I was going to make it. My Lord. The pain got to the point where I didn't want to make it if that was how mm-hmm. I was going to live. And so, Lady C, I, I learned that night, if I didn't already know, mm-hmm. what it meant what the power of prayer meant and what it meant to believe in Mm -hmm. the power of prayer to the point that you could call on the name of the Lord and I was going to call on the name of the Lord unlike I had ever done before. Mm -hmm. When I didn't have the strength to even stand up and go to the bathroom, I crawled to the side of my bed and I called on the name of Jesus. Unlike I had ever done before. And unlike any other prayer I had ever prayed, because I didn't go through Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. Mm -hmm. I went straight to the Father. And I prayed, I said, and this was my prayer. And I said, Father, you said, you promised us that you would not put any more on us than we could bear. And I said, as of this moment, I've had all I can take. I said, so take my life. Or take away the pain. And when, you know, and I I didn't realize I was giving God an ultimatum or or an option here. But but he he comes to us in a way that we can understand. Mm -hmm. And when I opened my eyes, uh, there was a nurse sitting on the side of the bed. And she said, she said, Pam, she said, I'm not supposed to give you this. She said, I can't document your chart, but I'm going to give you this pain medication. She said, just so you can sleep. And I saw that as an answer to my prayers because God wasn't ready for me yet, but he was going to take away the pain just so Mm. I could have that one night rest. Just some rest. Get some rest because the next day was when I was told that I had an advanced stage of Crohn's disease and Mm. that I was either going to have surgery or I wasn't going to survive. Mm. And I... I took the news and I said, okay, Lord, this is your, you telling me that you're not ready for me quite yet. Mm -hmm. And so I have to endure this. Mm -hmm. I came back to Lexington Mm -hmm. to schedule the surgery only to be denied access to a hospital because I did not have insurance. And they, the, the surgeons and everyone said that this was an elective procedure that I was choosing to have this surgery, Lord. and therefore, if I could not pay, I could not get admitted. Ooh. All the while, time is, the clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. Four weeks, six weeks passed, and I finally, I had to go on, I lost a $40,000 job to nothing, mm-hmm. to food stamps, Wow. to Lord make a way, wow. and was provided a grant, a $5,000 grant, and got into the hospital for the, for the surgery. Thinking that, okay, seven, you know, the doctor told me seven days, mm-hmm. I'd have the surgery, I'd be out in seven days. Yes. On the fifth day, something went terribly wrong. And I collapsed My in the Lord. hospital. My Lord. And the doctor told me to call my family, to call my minister, to say my final goodbyes because I was hemorrhaging 
They didn't know where. They didn't know what was going to happen if they opened me back up. So once again, we pray. And this time, my family is around, my minister's there, and we all hold hands. And I look at them, and I tell them that it's well with my soul. Yes, yes. I said, if God is ready for me, let me go, because I'm ready to go. It is well. It Mm. is well. It is well. It is well. And we said our we said that prayer. I said goodbye. I said, if God lets me live, then there's work for me to do. Yes. But if not, rest assured that I'm okay and I will join my parents in mm. heaven. And Lady C, I did not wake up the next morning. I, it, it was four and a half weeks later. Wow. When I saw light again. Um, I was in a coma for four and a half weeks, and I woke up in January. This this was now, it was the end of November yes. when I had the surgery. It was the beginning of January, a new year, when I woke up. And the doctors told me that they didn't know if I was going to go home. They didn't know if I would ever work again. They didn't know what the path was going to be for mm-hmm. me. And I told, I looked at the doctor and I said, I have things to do. You know, I told God if he was ready for me, I was ready to go. But if he left me here, then I had things to do, which meant finish undergrad, Mm -hmm. go to law school, get a a job practicing law, you know, um, become a judge and extend the Kentucky (laughs) judicial hierarchy. And he looked at me and he thought, are you crazy? And I said, well, maybe, but (laughs) I just have enough faith to believe that he left me here for this reason. And he, I was, and so the doctor just, he just shook his head and walked out of the room. And he said, I don't know when you're going to go home, if you're going to go home. And if you do go home, you may be disabled. But, Mm. you know, Pam, I know you. It was another four and a half weeks before I left the hospital and another 18 months of rehab. Wow. And in the fall of 1987, I was working as a legal secretary because they had phased out my court reporting job at the courthouse. And so I got a job as a legal secretary with a judge. And I told her, I said, Judge Shively, I've got two years to finish my undergrad, my undergraduate studies, and then I'm going to law school. And she said, well, whatever you need to do. And ladies see, I could not drive a car still at this point. And so I walked from downtown Lexington to UK's campus. That's about two miles from downtown. And I walked those two miles. And I walked into, um, I walked into the Gatton, Carol Martin Gatton College of Business. And I talked to the dean and I asked him to put me on the lifetime plan. I said, because it's gonna take the rest of my life, but I'm gonna get my my degree. He did. He said, fine. He welcomed me back with open arms. And it took me four years. But in 1991, I graduated from undergrad. And I quit work. I went to law school full time Mm -hmm. in 1991 in the fall. And people said, you're going to be 31 years old. Who's going to hire you? You know, you're going to compete with the 20-somethings. And I said, well, if I live, I'll be 34. I might as well have my law degree. Mm-hmm. And upon graduation from law school, I got an interview with one of the largest regional law firms in Kentucky, and they asked me what I wanted to do with my law degree. And I told them in 1994 that I wanted to become a justice on the Kentucky Supreme Court. 
And they looked at me and they like they were like, really? And I said, yes. And they said, well, we don't have one of those here, but we'd love to have you as an associate. <laughs> And I said, well, I would love to work for you, and I'll work really, really hard until that opportunity comes. And they welcomed me in the Mm -hmm. firm. Mm -hmm. They introduced me to politicians. They said, we'll do whatever it takes for you to achieve your goal. And I was in that firm for five years when the opportunity came for that appointment in 1999. Look at God. And, and and look at God. Look, absolutely. And I remember the partner walking into my office and he said, are you ready? He said, are you ready? Because it's getting ready to happen. And I said, absolutely. I said, in God's time. Yes. It happened sooner than I thought mm-hmm. it would. But you have to be ready. He says, be also yes. ready. Yes, 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 and yes. And when that door opens, he expects you to walk through. Mm-hmm. And I walked through it. I got the appointment, again, making history in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And they then told me there was no way I was going to win that race because I had never run a race in Kentucky. It was a countywide race um, that I was, you know, I was an African-American woman, not exposed to politics, Mm -hmm. and there was no way. And I had nine opponents. Nine opponents. Nine opponents. There were 10 of us in that race, and we had three months from August 26th to November 8th. And they said, they said, I said, I, I have enough faith. I have just enough mm-hmm. faith to believe yes. that God didn't put me in this position only to let me lose this hallelujah. race. Yes, hallelujah. And I won the race, made history. <laughs> um, and as, and, and so I was actually told, they said, okay, well now, okay, you, you've achieved your goal. You're a district judge. You're you know, at the lowest level of the judiciary, and what are you going to do now? And I said, oh, no, 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 no. My goal is to ascend. My Amen. goal is to reach the top. My goal is my daddy told me, be the best that you can be and reach for the top at whatever yes. profession you decide mm. to undertake. I said, so the Kentucky Supreme Court is in my sights. Yes. And in 2003, the next rung became available, the circuit court position in Fayette County. And again, in June of 2003, I had my press conference. I announced. And in August, I got an opponent. And we had three months to run that race. But it was one-on-one. Because they were like, well, you had nine opponents, and that split the vote. Let's see how you do one-on-one. Okay. And I said, okay. And I prayed again. I said, Lord, you know, I need you. Yes. And he did not let me down. He was with me every step of the way. <laughs> I did not have the money. I didn't. I, wow. My opponent was. He had name recognition. He had money behind him. He had the the entire political spectrum behind him. And. When asked if I was worried, I said, I have a father who can. Yes. I said, I have a father who can. And I just witnessed all the way. (laughs) I witnessed myself all the way into the ballot box. And we came through that election and, again, made history. And, you know, the the 15 years that I spent on the circuit court bench, I was on the, it was a trial court bench. It was the heavy docket. It was the felony docket. It was every high-profile case that was assigned wow. through my division. I was on the news. Every decision I made was scrutinized. Mm. And I said, Lord, 
be with me. Yes. And yes. I and I I would pray before I made a, a decision. Mm-hmm. I would pray before a particular ruling. Yes. If I mentioned God in the courtroom, they criticized me. They mm-hmm. put me on the news. They, you know, it was it was one thing after another. But I said I will not be deterred. Yes. yes. I said I will not be deterred. I had a I had a fifteen year career on the circuit court bench. I tried death penalty cases. I was assigned 15 capital murder cases. And finally, people were saying, this just doesn't seem fair. You're drawing, you know, this doesn't seem random because you're drawing all the high-profile cases. I said, I will do and try whatever cases draw my division, and I will do it with a smile. Mm -hmm. I said, because I'm not walking this journey alone. Amen. I'm not walking this journey alone. And in 2018, the position on the Court of Appeals became vacant, became available, and I applied to the governor for the appointment. Another gentleman applied. He had far less experience than I did. The governor chose him. And Mm. the governor's office called me and said that although I had the most experience, they just didn't believe that I could win a multi-county race. I had one big in Fayette County, but they didn't think that I could win in a rural county. Wow. And I said, really? I said, you don't know who my father is. Come on now. (laughs) You don't know what I know. Yes, 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 yes. And they were like, what do you mean? I said, you don't know like I know what he has done for me. I said, he didn't bring me to this point to say, let's stop now. And we, we had a year this time for the campaign. And I did not get negative. Mm -hmm. I did not speak negative. I ran my race my way. With God's help, yes. and again we made history. My Lord, and and you know, Lady Steve, three times during that pro, three times from 1999 to 2018, when a Supreme Court vacancy became available, I was told it's not your time. Mm. You have to wait your time. You have to wow. wait your turn. Three times. Three, three times. times. Mm. And mm. I said, I, I said, okay, I, I'm. I've got my eye on the prize. I will work diligently. I will work with integrity. Yes. I will work with ethics and I will persevere because my time is coming. Amen. And when Justice Van Meter called me on September 11th and he said, Judge Goodwin, he said, I've decided not to run again. He said, and you're the second person I've told. My wife was the first. Wow. Powerful, powerful. Look at God. Look at God. (laughs) And opened up that door. And so on November the 8th of this year, in a few weeks, I will file my paperwork with the Secretary of State. And in November of 2024, I will be on the ballot in eight counties in the Commonwealth of Kentucky to become not only the first African-American woman to sit and serve on the Kentucky Supreme Court, but only the fifth, and the fifth to serve at all four levels, and the first woman of any color to serve at all four levels of the judiciary. Mm, 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 Look mm, at God. Look at God. My Lord Judge Pamela Goodwine, such a powerful, powerful, powerful journey and story. Family, I want you to know that Judge Goodwine will be my special guest speaker at the Unity Christian Fellowship Women's Ministry virtual event on Saturday, January 27th, 
2024 at 10 a.m. again, Saturday, January 27th, 2024 at 10 a.m. This will be a virtual event. You do not want to miss this event. It's entitled The Power of Testimony. You can make it. And again, our special guest will be Judge Goodwine, and you will be able to find all virtual login information on all of our social media platforms um, at Rise and Shine with Lady C on Facebook and Instagram. Also on all social media platforms for Unity Christian Fellowship Church in Columbus, Ohio. Again, you don't want to miss this women's ministry virtual event Saturday, January 27th, 2024 at 10 a.m. with Judge Pamela Goodwine. Judge Goodwine, we are praying for you. We love you. Bishop Crump sends his love in his regards. And we are so excited for you. And we are praying for their your election for the Supreme Court. Um, and that you are uh the next Supreme Court justice in Kentucky Amen. in 2024. <laughs> in Jesus' name, we in have Jesus the name. victory. Absolutely. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yes, 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 family, family, be sure to support and vote for Judge Pamela Goodwine in the 2024 election in Kentucky. All of those who are listening in Kentucky, be sure to support Judge Pamela Goodwine in the 2024 Kentucky election for Supreme Court. Judge Goodwine, thank you so much for joining me on today for the Rise and Shine Talk Show. We love you. We appreciate you. And we cannot wait to be back with you in January for our women's virtual event on Saturday, January 27th, 2024. Family, I am your host, Lady C. I want you to be encouraged. Whatever you're going through, you can make it. If you have a dream, desire, remember, if God be for you, who can be against you? Who can be against you? You have purpose and it's time to rise and shine. Be sure to catch the Rise and Shine Talk Show with Lady C on your favorite podcast platform. God bless.